Hello, you're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. And today we, we have a fascinating topic. Uh, and a fascinating guest. Yes, we're talking about, um, so we have Loser Tversky with us, who is a a star, co-star, I don't know what the, of, of a film called a Felix star. and Mira. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and Felix and Mira is an unusual romance blossoms between two lost souls who inhabit the same neighborhood, but vastly different worlds. Okay. That's really vague. Essentially this woman is, uh, meets a man outside of the Hasidic Jewish community and, um, and a Hasidic Jewish woman yes, meets a you. man outside of the community. Well said. <laughs> and, uh, and has to make this decision of whether to leave everything she knows for this man living in mainstream normal culture, an artist in, you know, French Canada, in Montreal. And our guest, Loser Tversky, has actually lived this journey in a way. Um, Very having, much in a way, yeah. Yeah, having left the Hasidic community, um, born after, into it. Yeah, after 22 years of, yes. of being in, in the community. So, um, so it's going to be a, a wonderful, I'm sure, fascinating conversation about your world then, your world now, your transition in between, and we'll touch on sexuality as well in between there. We yeah, have a, that journey. a lot of questions. And, and in general, we, you sort of, your journey embodies kind of what our show is about, which is pushing boundaries and on our beliefs and our assumptions about society and ourselves. And you made some pretty big leaps. What if you believe there are no boundaries? Okay. Uh. I, that, <laughs> well. You push other people's boundaries. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, yeah. I do. And I, yeah, exactly. I would say that's, that's uh, what's happening, right? Yeah. So, um, where do we want to go, eh? <laughs> Well, we're kind of stuck in the studio. There's nowhere to go. Yeah, I, there is nowhere to go. Um, so, I feel like if there's any way, and if there's any way you could, let's paint a picture for everybody about what life was like for you a little bit. We don't have to go into super uber detail unless you really want to. But I guess the Hasidic culture to me is um, it's something I've always been fascinated by. I living here in LA, it's the first time I've really seen Hasidic Jews like and like living where are you from Virginia Virgi yeah there are none of those over there <laughs> I saw so, lots in New York in New York yeah in there New York there are but uh, yeah and, and I, it's funny I see a lot of people like coming a lot of people from to come to LA from everywhere in America they do yeah and they look at these people they're like what the fuck can we swear on this thing you can swear yeah do we bleep it out? No. No, no. okay great <laughs> fuck 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 um, right um yeah, and they're, they're like, re they're, I, I find that people who come from like from places in America where there are no like, not just no Jews, but very little Jews, um, are even more fascinated. But to paint a picture, I mean, it's very hard um, to like do it in words. I think the one of the things that people find fascinating about the film, besides that it's a good film, not just because it, it is a really beautiful. beautifully done um, film, if I can say so myself. <laughs> and you're uh, wonderful in it. Thank we, you. We, I really appreciated your work in there. So thank you. Thank you. you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Uh, I think that the film really gives you the, f the sense, the feeling of what it's like to be there. Um, but it's a, it's a very, uh, it's, it's, it's a community. It's a community. It's, it's a little cultish in a way, but it feels very together. Everyone is, we're in the same boat and uh, we are, it's got a, s a strong sense of superiority to it. It's like we are living life the right way and then there's all these people out there who are doing it the wrong way. We want nothing to do with them. We don't want nothing to do with their culture. We're not buying whatever they're selling. Um, but it's also very warm, and, and people take care of each other. So if you've, like, ever, like, it's, if you've ever seen, like, any of those films or, like, any of these cultures where, like, small villages where everybody knows each other or, like, in the olden days where you would have these, I don't know, communes. Uh, so it's very much like that. Um... And it's also very closed off to the secular world. There's very little influence. There's no television. There's no radio. There's no uh, secular music. Um, they speak their own language. They speak Yiddish. Yes, I, um, that blew me blew my mind, which was this idea that you actually, when you left the community, your your English was not very good. Uh, it was not very good. No, it was. I I, I could never have done uh, this show <laughs> with that English. It would have been uh, very difficult. And and the thing is that you, they learn English as they grow up. You know, as they uh, once you get married and you go out in the world and you start uh, um, working with secular people, 
and uh, interacting with secular people, you you have to start learning a language, and uh, you kind of pick it up as you go along. Hmm. And so you'll see that uh, one of the funny things about Hasidic Jews who do speak a pretty good English is it's so full of malapropisms hmm. because they never really studied English. They just pick up things from here. And my, I sometimes make a lot of these mistakes. Uh, like, for example, I, I wrote someone... Uh, we had this acting teacher in the studio which where uh, me and Christina went together, Ivana Chubuk. Um There used to be one of the coaches there uh, was uh, Ben... Um, I'm blanking on his last name. Ben Davis. And he would always used to say after class, he was like, let's get down to the brass tacks. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked the expression. I had no idea what it means. And I guess in my head it made some sense. And when we made him a birthday card, everybody signed it. And I wrote, let's get down to the brass tacks. Happy birthday. Love you, loser. But I spelled tax, T-A-X. Uh-huh. Okay. That's what I thought it meant. Brass tacks. Yeah, I had right, no idea right, it means right. tax that you tack into the wall. So it's like it's not a real malapropism, but it's it kind of like that, like these kind of mistakes. So you you see like uh, I I recently watched an interview. They have this huge uh, controversy in Rockland County in New York. I don't know if you listen to this American Life. Yes. Uh, you listen to it? I do, but actually I didn't listen to this one. The one about <laughs> Rockland County and the the school district over there, whatever. So they, they there was there's this huge political fight going on in upstate New York. Um, where the Hasidic Jews have a black vote and they control the, the, they control the school uh, district uh, and uh, and they just uh, basically took all the money away from the school district and, and cut all the programs and give it their own thing. Anyway, but these two Hasidic activists went on TV to defend themselves and their English is not bad, but it's bad. You know? <laughs> it's really... Awkward. Yes, it's just not the kind of English that belongs in a TV debate. You clearly... They have, they have, they're at a terrible disadvantage because they really can't express themselves. Right. right so right. my English was worse than that. Right. Um, I don't know, but I'm just uh, going off. No, well, I... Loser, you... So you've become quite well-known, I suppose, or infamous within, as you, you said last night, yeah. uh, within the Hasidic Jewish culture yeah. uh, uh, for speaking out against... Yeah. I suppose it's speaking out actively against the community. Yeah. Um, I guess I want to know why. Like, why is that so important to you? I guess coming out uh, outside of the community and looking on your experience in hindsight, do you, what charges you to do that? I think uh, a lot of it is personal anger, mm -hmm. venting. Um, a lot of it is thumbing my nose at them. It's like, ha, look at me. You know, you can't hurt me now. I can say whatever the fuck I want about you. You can't do anything about it. Uh, you can hate me, but you can't stop me. Um, we live in a free country. You know, I can expose all your shit. Um, and, you know, I, I like to think, I like to tell myself that that it's, it's a social justice kind of part of me. But a lot of it is just a personal anger. You know, I, I have to be honest about it. It's just, you know, I, I'm angry. So do you feel like uh, it, it, there are a lot of rules in that community? Um, and so do you, f uh, perhaps it's just living so long under, you know, these rules and having no, I, to live life a certain it's way. It's not about the rules. It's, like, it's not about the rules. That culture does not belong in 2015. End the fucking story. There shouldn't be a culture in 2015 where women can't drive, where women can't, don't get an education, where men don't get an education. There shouldn't be a culture existing in 2015 where it's there's blatant homophobia, where they believe gay people don't exist, transgender that word doesn't even exist in their in their vocabulary, where they're they're racist, they're homophobic, they're Islamophobic, they're it's 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 a backwards culture that shouldn't that shouldn't be happening in America, where 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 babies are getting herpes because you're mutilating their their genitals and sucking the blood out of them with your mouth. That shouldn't be. It's twenty fucking fifteen. Like, move on. Um, it's just, it's a backwards culture that goes against everything that progressive Western people believe in. And I can understand that people want to maintain their culture. And and I'm trying to find the fine line between like live and let live and like, but wait a second, when when do we say that live and right. let live no longer applies because that shit is fucked up? Right, right. It's because of humanity. Yes. Well, and issue. and in a way, being born into it, you're not. It's that that right to choose. 
is sort of taken away, right? I mean, yeah. we all struggle with it, even in, you know, being born into a more mainstream sure, sure, <laughs> way sure. of living. It's yeah. still identifying what, you know, barriers you have, but this is sort of not giving you that choice to ever. But no, and, it's, and it, we don't have that. We, we have, we really have like a, we think we have a choice. I mean, we were born in a Western culture. So do we really know that our life, our, our way of life is the right way of living right, and right. the Saudis are wrong? You know, we don't, but we're, you know, we're pretty, predisposed i guess to believe uh to believe that and uh, and so no one really you know has total choice but uh but we have more a lot more of a choice like if i decide right now that i want to become muslim no one is going to stop me right, you know you if i decide it. i want to i want to move to the to, to india and become a hippie like a lot of people <laughs> do from right no one's going <laughs> to stop you so we have more choice than you know than uh, than Hasidic Jews. Hasidic Jews have to have no. I mean, by the time you're 19, you're married, and you're 20, you have a child, and you're done. You're in. You know, we met the guy last night who was married for 12 years. He's got what three or four kids. Who, right. He's referring to a man who we were having dinner with who had also yeah. left the community uh, four years. Yeah, he'd been four years outside of the community. Yeah. How many how how many years have you been out? If that's okay to ask. Is yeah, I've been out for like I think seven years. Wow. I never actually went on a calendar and looked it up. Right. But I, <laughs> Time trying to think, fast. I was, uh, I mean, I was married in 2004, 2005, and I left probably 2007, 2008. Yeah. So like you had uh, mentioned um, seven, eight years. reading, kind of discovering Charles Darwin and like yeah. this being a revolutionary or moment yeah. for you. Right, yeah, yeah. In terms of... I was wondering, was that incidental that you stumbled upon this book and then that kind of started this path of going, maybe there's something else? Of questioning or like... Well, there's, there's always been questions. I've always kind of like struggled with like, Wait a second. This this doesn't exactly add up. Right. You know, Even when you like, were like a younger. When I was a young kid, I always had questions like, "Wait a second. Wait a second. So we just walked through the desert for forty years. I mean, like parting waters, like floods. Like yeah, something doesn't add up. And I had like very very basic questions, which is like, why do good things happen to bad people? Why does bad? Why do bad things happen to good people? You know, why did grandma get cancer? That's not fair. She's a nice person. Uh, it's just like very basic where that we ask ourselves that we ask if there's someone running this shit, then what is he doing? You know, it's like, like seriously, man, get a grip. This this ain't right. So it's like very basic questions like that. And I could, you know, and, and you get all the apologetics, like the religious apologetic answers, like, you know, it's for the best. God knows what's best for us and blah, 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 all that. And, uh. And then, you know, as I got older, the questions got a little deeper, you know, wait a second. So he just made this, right? So what was before that? You know, so what was before God made the world? Well, nothing. What do I mean nothing? You know? So it's just like these very basic questions that that religion cannot possibly explain because it's a belief system. You know, it's not a, it doesn't work with answers. It works with like, well, that's just how it is, you know? So it was it was a couple of years into my marriage, like a year or two into my marriage, I was sitting in a synagogue and like studying one of these like more smarty ass books, you know, not like regular biblical Talmudic stuff. It was something a little more deeper. And this guy looks over my shoulder and he's like, huh, Malbim, huh? It was, you know, I don't know if you know this book, Path of the Righteous. No, it was a, it, I'm not familiar. It's, a, it's tra- it was translated in thing, but it was written probably like 800 years ago by a Jewish uh, um, rabbi named Lut- um, Rabbi uh, Moshe Lutzato. And uh, he also wrote a lot of, like, very, very philosophical books. Um, so I would read stuff like that and stuff like uh, um, like the Malbim, which is, like, a more advanced commentary of the Bible, mm-hmm. of the Old Testament. So he looks over and he's like, huh, what's up with the Hasidic boy reading that stuff? I mean, we're supposed to be very primitive believers, not be very philosophical. Um, and, I, you know, and then we started the conversation, and one thing led to the other, and I tell him about this rabbi who I've heard a lecture from who said that, that there are these goyim out there, these non-Jews who believe the world is millions of years old and how it's mathematically impossible that everything would just, by evolution through a big bang, just fall into place. And, you know, I was just reiterating how that rabbi is right and it's just like complete and not a nonsense. Of course God made the world. Yeah. So at, at that point I was like struggling with it, but I, I felt like I had a satisfactory answer. Uh, and he like laughs and he says like, huh, you should check out this guy, Charles Darwin. He's got some interesting theories about that stuff. And I'm like, oh, Charles Darwin. So he encouraged you. So he encouraged me. And it, well, mm. it turns out that this guy has been living a double life for 40 years now. Wow. 
long white beard, you know, he goes, nobody, it's crazy, nobody in the Hasidic world knows that he's got this other life. And nobody, wow. he's, he's keeping it so compartmentalized that he goes by a different name in the secular world. Hmm. And I am one of two people outside of the Hasidic community who knows his real name because I knew him from back then. But everyone else just knows him as some as something else. I can't I can't say his name on the radio. But the, nobody knows who he is. But he's got this very well respected member of the community, and he's living a completely double life for forty years. He's got a bunch of kids, you know, long white beard. And but we we formed a friendship, and we were talking a lot. And uh, and as soon as I discovered the you know uh, science and that kind of stuff, I kind of uh, just went from there, and everything crumbled. Right. Yeah. I, f- I feel like I had a similar journey with being in a relationship and deciding to read a book called The Ethical Slut about open relationships <laughs> <laughs> on varying and, levels, you know. And then you started living a double life. Potato, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> potato, potato. Yeah. Exactly. Well, anyways, you were going to say, eh? Well, so, uh, so take us to the point where I guess it was just a, a few years or even not that long after. I mean, how... How did you, did you just start expressing more and more to your family? Like, hey, I'm not so in alignment with this. And, and you just had more and more interest in the outside world. And was it a slow transition or was there an abrupt, I'm out of here? No, the only person who knew anything about that was uh, my wife. Hmm. My now my now ex-wife. Um, she started noticing small little cracks in my behavior. Um, in the beginning, I was hiding my DVDs and my DVD player, my computer from her. And then I st- Started, I became a little careless about hiding it, and she kind of picked up. We would get in the car, and I would listen to AM radio, like just talk radio, and she was like, turn that garbage off. I didn't even know FM radio existed. I, really? Yeah. And you had a vehicle? I, I had a car. I, I knew there was AM and FM, but I didn't know what was on FM. I didn't... Oh, I see. I, every like, time why I turned you it, ever go there? Yeah, like every time I, turn, I, I went to FM, I just started like either... Or like, boom, boom, like just crazy music that I couldn't understand, that I couldn't relate to. Right. So to me, like F, um, AM radio, like news and talk, it was something I could understand. I was interested in politics. I, you know, I, I wanted to know what's going on in the world. And that's where you find stuff that's going on in the world. I didn't know of NPR. And also NPR was boring for a 22-year-old who's literally just discovering the world. And the language. Yes, <laughs> exactly. And uh, you don't really, underst- really uh, want to listen to, you know, people speaking in low voices yeah um, you don't necessarily relate either yeah to I, I, their experience I, yes and uh so i would listen to and she would just tell me to shut it off and i was like i'm just trying to get the traffic because we we're driving from upstate new york to my parents house in new york but she started noticing these things where i'm like giving less and less of a shit about following the religion like the rituals eventually it just beca- i become i became more and more blatant and i, I just came out and tell, told her like, about a year before i got divorced i was like uh, actually, I don't believe in God. I don't believe in any of this. Uh, I will keep doing it for the sake of the family, and uh, I won't do it any, you know, in the house. I won't tell anyone. You know, we'll pretend like everything is fine, and I'm just gonna do my thing. You do your thing, and we're cool. And she was like, "Okay," because the cra- the crazy thing is, they're more afraid of being divorced. Mm. Right. They're more afraid of other people knowing what's going on than they're actually afraid of their husband breaking the rules. Right. It's a bigger deal that her parents don't know about it and that nobody knows about it. Well, from what I understand, reputation is like key. Most important thing. Most important thing. Most important right. thing. Like whether you're good or bad yes. or... Yes. Because it, the, the, your entire future hinges on it. If you have kids and you need to marry them off, you need to find them good matches. You know, this, it's all about the gossip. Hmm. You know, what, whatever the street thinks of you is what determines whether you're going to find good matches for your kids or not. Something um, like in the film, the relationship that's established with the with Mira and her husband is more frigid, you know, there or less intimacy. Um, right. Not a lot of contact. Yeah. yeah. And I and I just wondered, you know, is that and I get that they're individuals, right? So it's it's their specific story. But would you say that that's an experience of being in that community? And let me just clarify: yeah. Loser plays, uh, yes, Mira's yes. wife or husband. husband sorry, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> me and Jared Leto, you know, we play wives. <laughs> um, but um, go ahead, yeah. In no, I think it's a. I think it's a. I wouldn't say it's like that everywhere, but I think part of the reason for that, the reason I saw the character that way and the reason I played it that way and the reason 
uh, Maxime agreed that we should play it that way is <clears throat> is because you have to understand these people don't know each other. And it's not like they were dating for five years. They kept mm -hmm. going out with each other and they became comfortable with each other and and fell in love and got married. They don't know each other. And this they is met, typical. Of this is very typical. Actually, I meant to yeah. ask, is yeah. it arranged marriages? It's all arranged marriages. Yeah. So it's all it's an arranged marriage. Someone sets them up. They talk for like an hour or two maybe. And then they, they're engaged. And then they don't speak for the entire, all the months of engagement. And then they're just married. And they just live together. Right. So, wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's... the I Sleeping mean, in separate beds. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, usually. Uh, but the, the other part of that is that I mean, the, the, my character, I mean, our characters, me and me and uh, uh, my character, my era's character, they're both young. They're like, they've been married for maybe two years because they have a, like a one-year-old or something. So they've married for approximately two years. So they barely know each other. Before, before they really got a chance to hang out and to get to know each other, they're, you know, they have a child. They're raising a child together. So part of that, 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 that stiffness and that coldness and that lack of warmth is, is just because they're really, they're strangers. Hmm. Yeah. they're strangers and they don't and unlike Felix who's been around the block you mm -hmm. know he's older and you know he's well, seen some ass in his life right has he, know, he knows how to express himself towards a woman my character this is the only woman he's ever been with you know right. so he wouldn't really know how to be warmed or he wouldn't really know how to give her the love that he that he, that he should right okay well that's a very interesting seg segue we're going to take a break and then when okay. we come back we're going to talk uh a little bit more around uh, the sexuality aspect of the community and your transition. and Yeah, you know. and um, we're going to hear a little song that is featured in the film. Uh, it's one of the songs that Mira plays secretly <laughs> when no one's home. Uh, anyway, when you're listening to Pushing Boundaries with TNA, tweet us at TA Sex Talk and uh, check out iTunes, subscribe, and write us a review if you like it. And also you can tweet uh, loser at Twersky. That's T-W-E-R-S-K-Y. It's like twerking with an S. There right. you go. <laughs> Speaking of sex. We'll be right back. Pushing Boundaries with TNA. I'm T. And I'm A. And we're speaking with Luzer Tversky, the uh, one of the stars of the film Felix and Mira. Um, beautiful, Ooh. poetic film about a young Hasidic woman deciding to leave the community. Um, for I play the women. Another man. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I'm always playing them. <laughs> yes, and, and Luzer plays her husband uh, within the, in the community. And, and I have to say a very sensitive role as well. I mean, I like how in the film it humanizes you. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of not, I don't know, even though it's a restrictive community. It's I'm less of an asshole in the film than I am in real life. You know? right. isn't, that, isn't that quite something? <laughs> That's that's what I call genius directing. That's what I call that. <laughs> yes. Oh, of course. Felix and he Mara can make me directed. look good. You know. Yeah. <laughs> directed by uh, Maxime Giraud, which I left out earlier. Sorry. So, a you wanted to? I wanted. Well, I wanted to jump into the since we do talk about sex here and uh, sexuality and <laughs> pushing boundaries. Um, I I kind of yeah. I I wanted to ask you about the I guess the the way the Hasidic community regards sexuality in their lives. And I've heard different kinds of things. I don't know if any of them are true. Um, like I've heard that they 
have sex through sheets. And that is not true. Okay, great. <laughs> not true. <laughs> not I've, had to answer the, I've, had to, I've had to answer that question way too many times. Really? Well, not good. True. On a side I note. I have no idea where it comes from. Uh, uh, yeah. On I, a side yeah. note, and, not, and this is a different religious sect, but a religious community, but like I dated a Mormon and everyone loves to reference this underwear that's yeah. famous in the Mormon community. And, um, and I'm like, there was no underwear. <laughs> well, I think the women wear the underwear. Um, I know men and women have the, the Mormon s- community have oh, depending on oh, no, and certain religious sect like well, certain she wa- sects. He wasn't it. wearing the underwear when he was with you, exactly. right? Yeah. Well, every everything was coming off. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> In a very un PC religious. Like, <laughs> like he was with you. Why would he wear any underwear? Exactly. You know? So, so is there anything you could say in general about about sexuality? Like, what's the what's the how is it? incorporated into life like is there is there a purpose or is it just meant for procreation does anyone even talk about it or do you just show up and you're like okay let's make a baby up up until you get married there's no talk of sex there's quite a bit of talk about not spilling your seed Mm. against masturbating so basically as as a man as a teenager you are told never to put your hands below your belt you know, they have these underwear that they wear. Speaking of underwear, <laughs> that they're very wide. You'll notice the Hasidic Jews like wear, like especially the younger um, uh, te- the teenagers before they get married, they would wear like very wide clothes, like at least around loose. the crotch, loose clothes. Exactly, loose. That's the word I was looking for. And their underwear is like, like long, like long johns with a really big opening in the front, so you can just open up the opening and just kind of like swing your dick out. To pee, so you don't have to touch your dick when you pee. Wow, I see. Yeah. Interesting. There's actually, if you want to know, this is very, very fascinating documentary. Um, it's called Holy Sperm. I'm not making this up. It's an Israeli documentary that a Hasidic Jew uh, who used to be secular, but he became Hasidic, and he, he used to be a filmmaker, became Hasidic, and he decided to make a documentary about his son turning 13 and him having to have the talk with the son against masturbation, and they just in. on the subject of holiness and it's incredibly fascinating and creepy and terrifying that you take a 13 year old kid and you scare them of their penis Mm. Uh, saying that if you touch it if you play with it if anything comes out you're going to have to go through I don't know what to repent for that then so that but that's the teenage years Mm -hmm. and most kids don't know anything about sex they have no idea where babies come from Um, right and I, I almost you'll have like a wet dream and and now you've sinned incidentally yes and have and, and, and having horrified. no idea what 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 that's all about yeah you go oh, i don't yeah. think i touched myself while i was sleeping <laughs> yeah and that's one of the reasons why if you see you see in the film they wash their hands every morning wow because at night while you sleep you might have touched yourself in unclean places so you need to wash your hands and cleanse yourself mm. it's one of the reasons why why uh, you wash your hands by your bed before you even get out of bed every morning wow. um and then before you get married you get you get a little speech from a rabbi who the day of your wedding your wedding day they call you into a room they have a little tell you explain to you the mechanics of sex and that's the first time you've ever had any idea oh uh, not a, me i in general. i had some okay. exposure before that but a lot yes i did a, wait, a little investigation on your uh, own yeah I did a little investigation on my own and i found <laughs> out and i made some i made some unsavory friends who told me about the deed uh-huh. um so i knew a little bit more but most the majority of them have no idea and this is the first time they ever hear about how it works that a penis goes into a vagina exactly wow yes and it's and even i have never done it before right Right. so i've knew about it but i've never done it so it's uh, it's 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 probably like the first time you had sex probably not 10 times worse (laughs) yeah 10 times worse yeah yeah it's like it's it's the same as you (laughs) but 10 times worse were you were you were you nervous were you like excited like finally or yes a little, a little bit of both. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think yeah. the excitement. Uh, I mean, I, um, I don't want to be too crass, but I didn't sure. last very long. Sure. Well, that that's, makes yeah. that's typical. That's yeah. Can I ask you? <laughs> and well, I think we. Well, I just. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> so just, many questions. I just wanted to follow up on the so so growing up, because all of this I um, is sort of. I want to say beaten out of you yeah. <laughs> of, you know, no sexual desire. No, don't think about this, you know, and there's also not a lot of, uh, you know, imagery and you don't have a lot of media and things like yeah. that. Like we do that are, are sort of making Desynthesizing. you horny. Right. Yeah, yeah. So do you, did you, did struggle with desire and oh, like yeah. being horny? And is that, oh, yeah. is that common in the youth or is it more 
subdued. I can only speak for myself, but I was always an incredibly horny person. I started masturbating probably when I was eight or younger. Sure. And I've been masturbating ever since. Well, so you just ignored um, the rules. You weren't. You didn't buy into well, the Well, I, 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 I ignored it, but I felt horrible about yeah, it. Yeah, you mm. felt like you were sinning. I, yeah, I have to say, I, felt, I grew up Catholic, but yeah. not in any sort of. It's sort of like you said, probably ten times worse. But yeah, <laughs> but I, I'm just in my experience. It was like I grew up. I remember kind of questioning God, like in third grade or something, and yeah. being in Catholic school and having a lot of fear and guilt around feeling that, and kind of quietly suggesting it maybe to a friend yeah. to see if she maybe agreed, and just yeah, the fear that goes around it. Mm. So I, I think you do it, but you, you know, you act like it's not. Yeah, it's, it's or you teenage. Deny it. It's teenage angst, you know. You know, turned up to eleven. Right. You know, it's like you you have teenage angst already. All this craziness happening in your head, and on top of that, you just add like oh. You can't masturbate either, or you're going to go to hell. Well, in, ca- in the Catholic um, version of that, right. there's a really good. You know, I don't know if you know him. Uh, I forget the, the name of the comedian. Um, um, he died a couple of years ago from a heart attack. He was this recovering addict. So fucking funny Italian guy from Brooklyn. I can't remember I his know. name right now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was gonna um, and he had this great, jo- one of my favorite jokes of his. He was like, he went to Catholic school, and the priest would tell him, "Don't touch your penis. Let Father Flanagan touch it for you." <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite so jokes. Good, so, good. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Um, I have to say that I, when I think about, okay, the first time you have sex is usually not fireworks. It's yeah. right. It's, it's like, that was awkward. Yeah. You know, does it get better from here? Yeah. I'm, I'm assuming maybe it was a similar journey for you and, and, and then eventually I, maybe it becomes a more normal thing in the marriage. I, I mean, I'm I mean, still, I'm still working. I'm still working on it. Yeah. You know, I'm still working on it and I the thing is that I'm 29, right? But sexually I am I don't know 21 maybe. Right. 20. Yeah. Um it's a learning process. It's it's a learning process and it's also like it's it's a, it's sometimes very difficult for me to kind of like um be, be an adult about it and like look at sex as, you know, something more cool and mutual and like, you know, it's still I, I, I okay. I'm 29 years old. I have raging hormones of 16 year old. That's the thing. <laughs> right. I still haven't gotten it out of my system. Like right. you guys went to college and you've like you've you've out you know you fucked yourself out. Right. You know you're like <laughs> been there, done that. It's been great. Yep, done it against the wall. Kitchen. Yep, done it. Hot tub. Yep, done it. Yeah, these sort of you fantasies know? that not have just been... fantasies, but like just wild sex, like just kind of like just fucking sex, <laughs> just like you know like. <laughs> Nasty, kind of like crazy sex. I guess that's drunk what sex, boys. you know, yeah. like borderline rape sex. You know what I yeah, mean? Like yeah, these sure. crazy nights, carnal, like, carnal, exactly. Yeah, carnal is maybe a safer you know? description. <laughs> I sure, I you know. You. And you've and you've had like if you went to college. If again, I've never done it. I'm basically just projecting what I think, what I what I hear in the news, and what I read in stories, and what I see in the movies of what college can be like for some people. And, and I mean. Most people have been through that phase where they like they they've had their eyes on a woman for like months and months and months, and then they talk to them, you know, and something came of it or something didn't come of it. I, you know, I'm having these experiences in, in my these experiences in my late twenties, right? You know, yeah, you're catching. Let me up. ask yeah. you: is so is sex regarded in, in in the Hasidic community as like literally just a baby making tool, or is it? Or do you understand, or is it? discuss that the, you, there can be a beautiful connection and develop intimacy with your wife and create a, a specific unique bond that you know with your partner right with your partner that influences and informs the rest of your like is that talked about at all or is it purely the physical it depends it and really it's it's every every relationship what was your awareness that, like were you aware of that element I was that aware possibility or I mean it's hard it's hard to talk about without throwing my ex-wife under the bus sure I just did <laughs> 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 right by, by saying the phrase yeah well so um no but the truth is that every 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 guy every person every family is different every every couple is different i i have friends who are in the Hasidic community who tell me they are having the time of their lives you know they found a way to connect they found a way to connect and they're having the best sex ever they're they're, they're just fucking like rabbits i've had some of my friends who tell me like you know why are you telling people that you know we we don't have a good sex life you know and he just pulled out his phone. And like I had someone like show me pictures of him driving on the driving on the New York State Thruway from New York to Montreal, and his wife giving him head on the on New York State <laughs> Thruway in the car. Like a city car. Uh, uh, honestly, there is literally nothing greater than watching 
a wig, you know, <laughs> on a dick in a minivan. There's nothing greater than that. Okay? You haven't you haven't lived until you drive on the nearest oh throughway and look over and it's like, wait a second, is that a Hasidic wife blowing her husband? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so, we have all these assumptions and projections. That, right. Like, so I'm not. So it's not like. Don't. Yeah. It's not like that with everyone. I know that I'm a lot of people. There's a reason why 25% of the revenue of business in New York City for prostitutes comes from Orthodox Jews. I didn't make that number up. I have right. some friends in the adult industry. And uh, I've had other people who have friends in the adult industry. And every time I met one of them and I asked them, so tell me, you know, you live and work in New York. You're you're, you're an escort, a hooker, a prostitute, a whore, whatever you want to call it. And what percentage of your clientele are Orthodox Jews? They always give me the same number, 20, 25%. And we're talking about a city of 9 million people. Right. City of 9 yeah, million there's, people. There's a greater demand in the, in the community. 25% of their income comes from Orthodox Jews. That says that a really large percentage of Orthodox Jews do not have fulfilled sexual right, lives. Right, something's missing you know? in, the, in the sex education. Yeah, and where do, you, where do you think the herpes is going going to the babies? How did the right. herpes get the fucking the circumcised? Like you genital know, the, herpes? Or go, or genital herpes, the because these Hasidic Jews, they go out with these... With, with, the, with the prostitutes, they contract something. Well, and they then, also don't maybe have sex education if they're not practicing it right. safely. And, 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 then, and then they go and do the circumcision and they suck the baby's penis. And that's how babies get herpes. That's how babies die. Where did the herpes come from? Well, I did hear about that. I mean, I don't know how is, – is it, is it pervasive? I haven't researched that. I mean, I know that maybe there was an, an incident of it. Or... Well, let's put it this way. If there's been three, de- three deaths in 10 years, that's more than enough. Right. <laughs> to, to raise an alarm. Yeah. Hmm. And uh, they tried to outlaw it in New York, but they couldn't because the Hasidic yes, lobby is too powerful. Yes, I remember when it came up. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I think I have, there's very good reason to believe, even, despite me trying to be understanding and not paint the entire community with one brush of just like a bunch of sexually frustrated, sexually oppressed people, the numbers speak for themselves. Right. You know, um, anybody who's ever lived in Hasidic Williamsburg or near Hasidic Williamsburg, any non-Jewish girl will tell you that they have at some point been approached by a Hasidic guy asking him to have sex with them. Because right, they, they assume, like, oh, you're a shiksa, y- you know, you, you probably... Have sex. You have sex you with have everyone. You have sex with everyone, <laughs> just like that, you know. And it's maybe even, like, this misunderstanding of, of, of mainstream culture. Yes, like that, that, yes, Well, no, yes. I, I choose who I have sex exactly, with. Exactly, exactly. And, and I, I kind of have to be reeled into it, you know. You <laughs> right. Know? Which you don't have to, to wine and dine me, but, you know, you're like, I don't know, put your I hand t- on my shoulder, you know, say something nice to me. Yeah, Tell me a, a good joke a or something. A mutual yeah, so, connection. Exactly. Yeah. Or, Which yeah. leads me to so when you when you entered into mainstream culture, what what was it like for you landing dates for the first time or being with women? Like did you were you just as naive or and and did that even I wonder if there was a, a period of transition before you even that seems like it must have been I, really rough. <laughs> to be honest, I have to say. You should ask. You should ask the women. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I, I probably because when I left, I still had my beard and pace. I still kept it on for quite a few years. Mm. So I, uh, I think that would made it a little bit easier because I could at least find. And I'm speaking purely on like me trying to have sex, right? Me just trying right. to get laid. You know, I kind of use that as bait. Like, hey, wait a second. There, you know, they, to them, it was like this was this is our you know, only opportunity to sleep with, you know, someone who looks like a Hasidic Jew at least. Or like, well, <laughs> because... I, yeah, there's, yeah, there's an appeal in all the people still want to educate you Jew and there's some people find that sexy yeah, because to be like I still, a teacher. I, since I still sound like one and I still, I still look like one. You know, they didn't give a shit if I just had a bacon cheeseburger before that, you know, so... <laughs> So I kind of use that a little bit to my advantage. Right. And, uh, that makes sense. And, <laughs> yeah. You got to transition somehow. Uh, the, but the, the problem well. is, the, but the problem is that uh, most women aren't exactly attracted to the guy who looks like the guy who smells next to them on the train. So, not saying all Hasidic Jews smell, <laughs> but there's negative associations. There's negative associations right. with it. You know, it's like like not everybody wants to sleep with their landlord. Okay, let's put it that way. <laughs> So, but I, I, I did, you know, okay. yeah, but I, you know, I did, I, I did okay. You know, I got, one, I got one in here and there and, uh, <laughs> well, and I'm sure and, uh, I'm part of me thinks it's not the main focus of this sort of journey of coming out of it. I mean, you mentioned working that there's a group, a community that like, or uh, called footsteps, footsteps yeah. Yeah, that helps, 
um, people who want to come out of the Hasidic yeah. community to transition. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure there were a lot of. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, there were a lot of other things, like but you, it, like the language and yes, but you can't deny it. But that there was there was a teenage element to it of like, right. oh, I need to get laid. It was just that, that you know that teenage guy that it was. I was a grown freedom. up freedom and you know, also freedom, but uh, just simple. Like every what does every fucking twenty year old think about all fucking day? It, yeah, life go round. Yeah, exactly. It's what it's you know it's what it's, I think about. It's what fuels consumerism at least. Right. You know? Well, and also I just think you know they always say the best way to learn a language you know is to to hook up with someone. You start a relationship, and yeah. then and then all of a sudden you're very motivated to be able yeah. to express yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask so. you, do you see, do you, can you touch on any uh, benefit at all to being raised from the Hasidic community in terms of your, like, sexual outlook, or I guess, suppose, any outlook? Like, do, um, am I phrasing yeah. that correctly? Yeah, like, uh, positive experiences. You know, we all have, like, where we came from and like, how we grew up. What's, I don't know, is there? I mean, because, look, the mainstream is not perfect. Right. Oh there's no! All, far just, from right. So yeah. I wonder Why? if there's anything. It it's not per. It's perfect. not no, utopia. No, 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 it's not. Oh my god! Sorry. No. <laughs> so I wonder if there's anything that you reflect on and see uh, certain qualities or values or or anything from your sort of old life that you think might actually be good for mainstream. I think that uh, probably um, sense of alliance. A sense right, of the yeah. community. It's, it's community is not the right word. It's more like common goal. Hmm. Is interesting. Is, it, it's these are all people like some more, some less. I mean, not everyone is as religious as the guy next to them, right? And not everyone is as sexually oppressed. Not everyone is as unstylish, or so it's just not everyone is. There is a lot of individuality in that community, but there is there is a common goal in there, yeah. um, and there is. There's a sense of like everybody hates us. You know, there's us versus them. There's a certain alliance, I think it's really what it is, that they have that makes them incredibly powerful. Um, you know, so I th- I think that the that uh um even like there are certain sects that fight with each other, but they have a common enemy. You know, the common enemy is mainstream culture, you know, or the Nazis, whatever, or the next Nazis, you know, because the Nazis are gone, but they're always looking out for the next group of people who are trying to right. exterminate us. So even there, if there would be infighting within the community, you know, like, you know, my enemy's enemy is my enemy. Um, so I think that the the world needs needs to have more of a common goal, and we should we should have some sort of alliance. Doesn't matter what it is. I mean, I think it should be something. It should be about peace. If everyone in the world can come together, it's like, wait a second. But the most important thing is that we stop killing each other. Yeah, maybe you know? also global cleanliness, so that we yeah. have fresh water to. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I, I, that that would be something to learn from them. Because like, despite right. you know us and 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 China and like other countries having our differences, you know, let's all agree that. Everything would be better because the Jews. Let's all agree that we the way we're going to stay alive and survive is if we all stand together against that. Is if all the mainstream, all the secular cultures, all the other cultures in the world can agree that we're all going to be better off if we stop fighting each other. That would be right. Nice. Yeah, I mean, mainstream is so individualistic. We, you know, we we live in our own little homes, and yeah. you know, it's sort of discouraged in a way. Like it's very us them on a much smaller micro level that, yeah, I feel like it does discourage community in a way. I don't know know if that made any any sense. No, it does, it does. And and I think that's a beautiful insight. We're going to take a break. Mini break. Mini break. And with some more music from the film. Yeah, well, I I just want to highlight the song is um, kind of during a a scene where where Mira is really discovering her senses and um, And and kind of what sensuality is. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, tweet us at TA Sex Talk. And you you can find uh, Loser at Twersky, T-W-E-R-S-K-Y. The film Felix and Mira. Bastanza bene, bastanza bene, io dico alla mente, grazie a te, ma va bastanza bene, bastanza bene, bastanza bene, bastanza bene, oh 
Boundaries with TNA, I'm T. And I'm A. Love that song. Nothing like feeling uh, the quality of life in it. Through Italian culture. Yeah, ready to a ju- start a ju- dancing. singing in Italian. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we're talking here with Loser Twersky from the film Felix and Mar- Mira. Yeah, Felix and Mira. Uh, about a Hasidic woman who is uh, contemplating leaving her community. You play uh, this woman's husband. You do yes. a fabulous job. You can check out a Loser's work at Twersky. Um, well, that's his Twitter and anyway. If you want to talk to him, yeah, yeah. And, the, and, the, and the film is playing in uh, in theaters now. In it's theaters in theaters now, now right? It's in the, it's in the landmark Sunshine in down in down in uh, downtown in New York, Lower East Side, Dallas Cinemas, the Upper West Side, and out here in LA right now, it's at the Lemley Town Center and the Lemley Royal. Yeah, Perfect. and I have to say, the film beyond just being you know a fascinating story about about the lifestyle of the Hasidic community and not a um, documentary. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and but the, very realistic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And telling one individual story. Um, but, but I also love um, the journey of this woman discovering sensuality, like I said, and kind of all the bringing her senses back to life. Um, and maybe in that sense is why people are able to relate to the film in general, right? right. Even though I haven't come from such an extreme environment, I've yeah. had those moments where you feel yourself coming back to life. Um, I guess in that note, Loser, do you, you know, I was interested in your experience with, with living mainstream. I mean, coming, sorry, the, the mic is running away <laughs> from you. The, the mic him. is attacking him. <laughs> it's like, well, doesn't want you to go away. <laughs> what are, you know, what were some of the, I don't know, the first experiences you remember being really surprised by or shocked by coming into regular life, if you will? I, um, I don't remember really. It's a good question. I don't know what, what exactly... Um, or anything that you're still shocked by women's behavior I don't know anything I I don't know I feel like I oh, the crazy thing is I feel like I'm so part of it already right. I don't I, I mean except besides these small lapses like these, these small ta- these little points where I feel like wait a second they're talking about something that I don't understand mm. you know I feel very much a part of it because I've the whole time that I've been out so far, I've I've just been consuming so much information. I subscribe to like nineteen periodicals in print, right. um, and and I I listen to just lethal amounts of public radio and podcasts, and I, you know, I just watch ungodly amounts of television and films, and I talk to a lot of people, and it, so I, I I've been consuming so much information. I almost I you know I I feel like I'm not shocked that much, right? Um. We had a show about, but I have but um, I have moments of discovery. I still have a lot of moments of discovery. Yeah, I say mm. we had a we had a show about the value of prostate pleasure for men, mm-hmm. um, straight or gay, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't so. know anything about that. <laughs> My that, that I would say no no sexual partner has tried a, a pinky up the bum. <laughs> Okay, you want it, you want it, you want embarrassing sex stories? All right, I'll give you one. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I don't know if we. You know, yeah. I I'll tell you. I was I was with this with this uh, with this girl. And well, you don't uh, have to, I, I, it's just funny. Um, yeah, I was like, I was this girl, and it was just going really nice. You know, she was on top of me. Have, we we're having sex, and and then she says, "Like, stick your finger up my butt." I've never done that before. I had no idea that that was a possible. That was a thing. It is and a I, thing. If anyone's surprised, okay, I didn't know it was a thing, and she's like, "Stick your finger up my butt." And I literally just went and jammed my finger. Oh, She's like, yeah. "Oh, not like that, we Jesus." Yeah, right. And I, I yeah, there's a whole technique. Yeah, I like I. So there you go. It's like something <laughs> new. I had no idea how it's done, and I just went for it. And uh, we are still 
very, very good friends. To this oh, good. oh, good. We don't speak together anymore, <laughs> but we're still best friends. Um, Did you feel comfortable sort of saying, oh, I'm I'm still learning. I didn't know. She knew. I mean, yeah. She knew me very well. She, so she knew that I just didn't know. Right. But I've, uh, you know, I've, I've had times, like, especially sexually, I'm not very sexually adventurous. Right. You know, the, or I, don't know if I, I guess in a way I'm perfectly happy just having a vagina. You know, I don't... You, you don't need to make it any more interesting Novel than that to me. Or, yeah. yeah, it doesn't need it doesn't need to get any more interesting than that. <laughs> yeah, I'm it's, perfectly it's happy with just fine with just that. Can <clears throat> I ask you, know? you? Did you always have this feeling of wanting to be an actor? I mean, I feel like that's to be an actor is to push boundaries, to try new things, to write in the in scenes with people. Um, I don't know. How did you kind of stumble upon this career path? I've always been an I've always been an entertainer. I've always been. Uh, um, I guess here, here, here in LA, it's popular to say I've always been a Leo. Um, <laughs> I don't believe in any of that bullshit, but I guess that's what some that's a, that's a language people understand. It's a vocabulary to yeah. explain. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I've always been, you know, I've always when I was a kid, it was a celebration. I would always be the one grabbing the microphone and singing, and um, I always sang the loudest in the synagogue, my father's synagogue, and I always gave speeches, even when I was nine, ten, eleven at family gatherings, I would get up on the chair and give a speech. Um, so I've always been a performer. I've always been, you know, like I've always been a storyteller. And to me, uh, it was it just, that's what I want to do. That's, I was born that way. It, literally, I was, I, I really believe I was born that way. I don't think that everybody has a mission in life or like, you know, I was destined to do that. It's just in my yeah, nature. Uh, it's yeah. what I do. You know, what I do is get up in front of people and talk, right. you know, um, what I do is just say things and make people laugh, you know, sometimes make people cry, make people angry. Um, I have always been a person who talks and makes people feel things. Right. Um, and that's what gives me satisfaction. Um, probably comes from an insecure place in my life. Probably comes from like having a very, uh, abusive childhood. Mm. Probably, maybe, maybe not. I don't know, but it, it's who I am. And acting is also, it's a way for me to, Go to a place emotionally where you can't really go in real life without suffering serious consequences. Right. You know, when you get angry in a scene, you know, when you get, or, or when you, when you, if you act in real life the way my character Shulam acts in the film, you're not going to get very fucking far in life. Right. You know, and if you've seen the short film that I did before that, um, I can send it to you and uh, and you can watch it. It's not available. You know, it was mm. a short film that went to festivals. But that character is just a horrible person. And you can't do that shit in real life. I feel like as an actor, you can you can kind of like go to that place inside you and explore it and experience it and then walk away from it. Yeah. Um, um, you just mentioned uh, an abusive childhood. Do you Are you referencing just growing up in that community or just your personal family life? No, personal family life. My, yeah. my parents are very abusive. Not because they're bad people, just because that's how they... We're is that a fairly is it like accepted in in the community? It used to be. Abuse? It used to be a lot more than it is now. It used to be because the Hasidic community is progressing as well. You know, they can't really stop time. Right. So they are changing slowly. There is a lot more child psychologists in the schools. Mm. Um, Someone mentioned even with the internet. Just with the internet, access. there's access to the internet. You know, you look at these you look at these Hasidic videos on YouTube, like Hasidic music videos on YouTube. They have 150 thousand hits. You know, those hits are not coming from China. All right. Mm. These, these are all Hasidic Jews who are hiding and have their little smartphones <laughs> in the bathroom watching these videos. Um, so, you know, so they're, 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 they've come along. But when I was a kid, it was totally normal for, for parents to beat their kids to a pulp. It was normal for their teachers at school to beat the kids. I got beaten up at school. I got beaten up at home constantly. I got put down. My, my parents were just very old-fashioned about that. They're like, of course I love you. It's like, what, what kind of stupid question is that? Of course I love you. Why do you think I'm beating you? You know? <laughs> It's because I love you. Um, so, hmm. yeah. Let me ask you, do you, I, I, I try to wrap my head around your experience and, and try to envision the possibility of just completely leaving behind the belief system that I've, you know, that's been imprinted on me since, whatever, since birth. And it seems so liberating. Um, but... I wonder, I mean, it is, beliefs are beliefs and, and, you know, all the, the, the fear, uh, there's a lot of fear, not, I wouldn't call it fear mongering, but fear is a big thing, right? Like being, you know, your penis is going to fall off or something's bad going to happen if you, right? So I imagine that's really hard to let 
go of or not have it influence your life now? Do you struggle with that at all? Or were you like, hell no, I'm done. Like total rejection of, of, and letting go. Was it easy for you to let go of it? Yeah, actually, I, I, I think I probably went to the complete opposite, the, the, the other extreme. I am by nature a very, uh, I'm an extremist. I'm by nature, uh, a militant, I guess. Uh, I'm by nature, I'm very black and white. Um, I, I've always, uh, I've always been an all or nothing. Like as a kid, I never did chores at home. First of all, because we had maids, we have a very large family. So there was just no way we could uh, do it ourselves. We had, we had some help, but, uh, the kids usually helped out and I never did dishes because I just never thought I could do it well enough. But when I did the dishes, my mother was like, why can't the goat do it like you? The goat is the, 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 the non-Jewish woman who cleans mm, the house. Right. You know, because I literally like went with toothpicks on every fork and I made it so perfect and so shiny. I would if I wouldn't wash the kitchen if I couldn't make it absolutely spotless. Hmm. And uh, and it's the same with my writing. I keep getting requests to write. You know, like, why don't you write about that? Why don't you write about that? And I, and I can't because I if I put something out, I want to at least think that it's as close to perfect as I could possibly get with this piece. Um so to me, there's like there's either a god or there is no god. You know, I like if I, I I'm I'm an extremist. I'm not like well, there's a certain form of Judaism that's okay. You know, like if there is a god, then there is a god, and Hasidic way of life is the right way to live. Mm. Like total extreme. Like that's the that's the proper way to live. And if there is none, then there's no fucking boss. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can't hurt people because that's just. You know, I think that I think there's a u- there's universal morality. I b- yeah. I do believe that there's some there's some sort of universal. At least there's there's one thing that everybody in the world's gonna agree in, agree on, and that's I don't like getting my feelings hurt. Right. You know, even the people feeling who, pain. Yeah, even 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 the people who believe that there's justified murder, you know, will tell you that do- they don't particularly enjoy having it done to them. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think that's universal morality, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm an atheist. I'm an open. I'm openly secular, um, and uh, and and yes, I guess I went the other way. I uh, so you had you? so it was easy for you to just abandon, and so it's like shame doesn't come up for you during sex, or well, there's discomfort sometimes. You know, I uh, I'm not sure if I know what I'm doing. Sure. I I'll tell you, I haven't had any complaints. <laughs> uh, uh, Good to know, Lisa. especially not in the last couple of years. You know, I, things I, are things are getting uh, I think, squared I think away. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting a lot more comfortable with it. I right. feel like I'm getting a lot more comfortable with it, and I and I and I know when it's my turn to do something or when she's trying to do something. I'm I'm picking up on the cues, the vocabulary. Do you yeah. find it? Do you do you find the body language vocabulary? Yeah. 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 Do you yeah. find connection to women like the con- the act like the the non physical connection during sex with a woman is that uh, uncomfortable? You mean flirting? No, <laughs> I mean you know looking into someone's eyes, the passion, the sensuality, the not beyond the physical stimulation of sex. It depends. I can enjoy it, but I can also get uncomfortable with it. Mm. Right. You know because because it's I, I, still I, fairly I, new. Yeah, and I do have raging hormones. So I mean, uh, is that what you call it, raging hormones? Does that make sense? Yeah, that is, yeah. Um, that's, yeah, that's a thing. That's we would use that to describe. Yeah. So, but I, uh, but I, I do. Some of my best friends are female. I mean, most of them started out as people I wanted to sleep with. But mm-hmm. I think that's probably fairly typical yeah. <laughs> for everyone. I think that's true for everyone. <laughs> that's but stand. my, but yeah, but my my closest people in my life are are, are women um, who I uh, I don't have a sexual relationship with. And, did uh, you? Oh, did I don't you? have a problem, and, and I'm like, I'm not afraid of this, you know, this lack of machiness. Oh, she friend zoned you. You friend zoned her. I have no issue with that. Um, I despise men who think like that. I hate it. I, I have no respect for that kind of talk. Um, I, uh, you did know, I have female friends, and and I have, you know, lovers and what what? Yeah. Um. How was it going into a film where you were now going to kind of return to the community the way that you were living before? Or, you know, was that, was there fear around that? Or was it just, this is fun to kind of role play? Like to get into character? Sorry, yes. To, to I mean, do a film where you're now was, playing. Yeah, it was a little nostalgic. Live. I kind of like, I kind of like, uh, because there's always going to be that part of me inside. That, like It's familiar. It's familiar and it's, and it's, and it's comforting and it's, it's, got, it's got that warmth to it. 
So there was a lot of nostalgia involved. There was a lot of like, kind of like, you know that you know that t- that comfort that comes from depression, mm-hmm. where it's like I don't want to get up. You know, I like it. Fuck you. I want to sleep. There's like people who are depressed. You know, they they kind of you know want to. It's easy to say. Indulge in it. Yeah, they want to indulge in it. So there's a certain so there's certain mm. self indulgence in that in that in being in that Hasidic frame of mind for me. Um, but on the other end, it was also like a lot of uh, I had I had when, when this had cut, I had to go back and finish my lunch, you know, which was a nice pork chop. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. Well, we are uh we're out of time. We're out of time. Loser, it was really fun having you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for speaking so freely. Yeah. Oh, and thank you for having me. For sure. Hi. For um, sure. And please go see the film. It's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful piece of work. Visually beautiful, great script and and great acting. Um Felix thank and you. Mira directed by Maxime Giraud and we're speaking with uh Loser Torsky who is the husband of the Hasidic Jewish woman who has this great conundrum of a decision to make (laughs) if she's staying in the community or not. And you can find uh, Loser on Twitter at Tversky, T-W-E-R-S-K-Y. You can find us on Twitter at TA Sex Talk. You can please subscribe. And if you like what you're hearing, uh, go ahead and post a review. Yeah. We appreciate it. You're listening Um, to Pushing Boundaries with TNA. Have a great night. (laughs) 